All right. <clears throat> so here we go. Reggie, are you all set in there? You look bright and eyed and bushy tailed. Very good. I like where the levels are. Keep them right there. We'll be all set. I'll give you the um, I'll give you the three S's. I'll give you the countdown. You give me the music, and I'll give you a podcast. What do you say? All right. Put it in the book. Episode number two seven eight two seven eighter. I believe. Yeah, that's right. Or is it? No, no, no. It's no. Wait. I'm sorry. It's two seven nine. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wait. Now. Okay. Wait. Let me check my. Let me check my. I can't get this wrong. Hold on a second. Oh yeah, two seventy nine. You're right, Reg. Thank you very much, sir. That's why you're here, I guess. All right. Hold on a second. All right. Okay, now we're set. All right, you ready? I'll give you the uh, three S's. Star, smile, strong. And here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast, but listening is not your only obligation. If you listen to this podcast... You are almost ordered to get out there and spread the word. So send a link, send a message, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone that you know who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion, and of course, that little extra effort may just get you into heaven. If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to to, uh, WGNRadio.com, go to the podcast section, hit the prompt for this podcast, and you will find... All previous, or at least I hope, 278 episodes. They're laying around in a vault. They're on the floor. They're on the walls. They're on the shelves. But they're there for you to binge and catch up on what we've been talking about for the last five years. According to my abacus, if there's 278 in the vault, then this can only mean one thing. Welcome to episode 279. And for episode 279, we have a special guest at uh, every so often uh, graces us with his audio presence. And welcome to the podcast, Mr. The, the, the Charter Member. Of the pop culture club himself, he's got one of the gold, one of the gold cards that lets you into that special club. Everybody makes a big deal about Saturday Night Live hosts, but this is much more prestigious. Um, the the one of the the founding member, along with me, of the pop culture club, um, who still is in good standing. I think I just did get your dues uh, last week, yeah, so that's I, I am up. so yep. that's good. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Mick Kaler. Hey, good to see you, buddy. Good to hear from you. Yes, and uh, a few uh, months ago, Mick and I were talking about um, the latest, at that point, Rolling Stone list. Rolling Stone at this point, Rolling Stone magazine, basically exists to make lists. 
Right. They, remember those old books, the book of lists that yeah. used to come out? That's what Rolling Stone does. Yeah, that, yeah. at this point, that's pretty much all they do. Uh, they, they put out, I mean, it's a monthly. It used to be, it used to come out twice a month back mm-hmm. in its heyday. Sure. Now it comes out once a month. Um, it's much less uh, stacked and packed as it used to be. Uh, the music reviews of albums are are cursory at best. Uh, but they do love their lists because, as we know, online and in the internet world, my gosh, do people love that's what all that's all people click on. Everybody has an opinion. Sure. Yeah, everybody has an opinion. Anybody can join it and jump. Right. What's that line from? Pete Townsend, Jules and Jim, <laughs> Empty Glass album. Anyway, so uh, yeah, several months ago we talked about the, the list at the time that Rolling Stone updated their. Uh, 500 greatest albums of all time. And so, of course, uh, there was much uh, debate uh, and a lot of commotion uh, about uh, the the new list. And we certainly added to that uh, that pop culture clutter by uh, adding our own um, opinions. But uh, there were quite a big, big there was quite a big difference in the updated. And at that point, uh, both uh, Mick and I were talking about how the new list seemed to have uh, not only musical uh, credibility involved, but certainly it seemed to have a lot more social conscience in. Right. It was, it was more cultural, more uh, awareness, a lot more awareness and social stuff. It was more woke, if you will. Yeah, and I hate that word. I know, <laughs> but you have to use it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if, cause, if, cause if you don't use woke, you're not woke. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, wake up, man. Wake and, up. And, and, and I mean, in today's world, the worst thing you could be is not woke. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be unwoke. But so they did uh, the albums, they did the albums, and now they're saying let's go with songs. Yeah, which uh, which is really a much more daunting task because, I mean, this list don't forget is not, and even that initial list, this was not the 500 best rock and roll albums, right? And this list is not the 500 best rock songs or even pop songs or even charted songs. They're just calling it songs. Songs. So, I mean, right. in theory, you know, we could have a song by Rudy Valley on here. <laughs> well, it was, it's funny. Or Thomas Edison. <laughs> one, of the, one of the songs when I was just, you know, giving a, a... I really paid more attention to the current list as opposed to the one that they did back in 2004. But, like, one of the songs on it is the Dixie Chicks' Goodbye Earl. Right. Okay, and I'm like, okay, that's not a rock song. <laughs> right. I, I, I worked in country radio. I know that. But, the, again, like you said, they got this general category of, uh, you know, top songs. So that is, so, I mean, think about the pool yeah. of songs that to possibly, to, to narrow down, I mean, we're, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if, if uh, Gregorian hymns, Right. <laughs> from from the uh, from from 100 BC, uh, you know, or, or or 200 AD count, um, but this certainly is a big pool, and we will talk about uh, because I've actually seen a breakdown by decades. Okay, which is an interesting thing. But but what I did want to talk about, so we we thought we should uh, we should discuss this being uh, music fans uh, as we are, and uh, and we both at one time. 
you you used to did you ever have a subscription to Rolling Stone or did you just read it yeah, all the time? For, for for a while I did, yeah. For a few years I did, yeah. Yeah, like and I've said many times, uh, I've been a subscriber since the the early 80s and so much so that I would think now it's almost 20 years ago at least. I was offered at one point a lifetime subscription for like $30, mm-hmm. which it's is ridiculous. Right. So I, um, I I took it, of course. So now I would I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I would I I know I would not be subscribing to Rolling Stone now in the no. incarnation that it is, if not for this lifetime subscription of which I haven't paid for in thirty years. Right. Although I am I'm very happy because I think I may have mentioned this to you a few years ago when I first talked about this. You know, on the um, on the magazine when you get a subscription. Uh, and there's all those numbers and all that stuff, you know, all around that little the, the little mailing label, right? A little code thing. But yeah. you can find when your subscription expires. Right. It's usually on there, and it yeah, usually like Feb, Feb of oh seven. Yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. And when I got my lifetime subscription initially, <laughs> it said, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, May twentieth. I don't know what the actual date was, but um. And it just and it said fifty eight, <laughs> meaning nine, you know twenty fifty eight, right? Which was kind of scary to see yeah, that they actually like an expiration date on you. Yeah, they actually pegged a, this is a lifetime subscription, and here's when it will end. <laughs> so that got me mad to the point where I wanted to stay healthy because I was looking forward to the day that I could call them up when I beat their expectation. Right, and say, keep sending them out. Yeah, where's my, where's my issue? <laughs> now, that was long before the internet took over, because I doubt by 2059 there will be a hard copy version of Rolling Stone. Nope. They, they barely have it now, like you just said. Yeah. So it's a different deal. And I don't even so. think there'll be anybody there to call. So. Yeah, and, 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 and on the song thing, from what I read, you know, and like I said, I, I did mostly looking at the list of the current stuff. They did this poll. It was like 200 musicians, artists, people in the music thing that they asked for their song list, right? Right. Yeah. There's a there's a wide variety of of people that uh, from all different. You know, there's you know there's recording artists, there's producers, there's mm-hmm. uh, you know record company executives, there's journalists. It's a, a a very big and now more diverse list of, but certainly so like any list, it's it is subjective, and and so we certainly have to. Um, be cognizant of that but i i did as, as mick just mentioned the last time they did this in earnest they did do an update um to some extent in 20 i believe uh 2010 mm-hmm. but uh this the original list was in 2004 when right. they they first came out with the 500 best songs um of all time and so now i mean that was a certainly a different time just the beginning of the 21st century and here we now are in the second decade of the uh, of the of the 2000s and so once again uh, whether it was it needed to be done or not uh from a standpoint of of getting clicks and likes and views uh there's nothing better than a list and so they uh, they decided to um, update it for whatever reason, 17 years later <laughs> yeah. than the original. Pick a random date, yeah. Um, but uh, when you look at, and we will certainly talk about the current list, but the, the biggest difference, if you look and compare the, 24, uh, the 2004 list to the 2017 list, uh, if you, and, and I think we said this 
um, about the album list, and it needs to be repeated now. If you don't think rock and roll is dead, <laughs> this, this is your proof. Then this is, yeah, this is the proof because, uh, wow, what a difference the the entire 500 song list is. What a difference the top 10 is. Right. Not even this list of 500 songs, but the top 10. You would think that perhaps... You know, a great song is a great song, right? And so yeah. why would it ever change? So you'd probably say, yeah, there, you know, there would be some changes over the last 17 years, probably, you know, in the lower reaches of the list, in the, in the, in the low, in the 400s or even the 200s. But you wouldn't think that the top 10 mm-hmm. would have changed so drastically. And it, it, it really did. And, and if I remember correctly, in two, in 2004, the number one song was Dylan, uh, like a Rolling Stone. Right, that was the number one song. In fact, I'll, I'll I'll tell you the list, and as you will see by the names and the songs, clearly, seventeen years ago, rock and roll still had a dominant hold. There's no question that hip hop, and even to your point earlier, country were on the move. Right. But still, something like, especially Rolling Stone at that time, still considered itself, I believe a rock-based, um, you know, uh, magazine publication. And so in their minds, rock and roll was the dominant music. And so when you're talking about the 500 best songs of all times, which in theory should uh, cover all genres, jazz, blues, folk, country, pop, rock, I mean, classical, right? You name it. Right. You know, uh, you know big band, whatever. Uh, clearly, uh, they, they Rolling Stones list was rock dominated, and here I'll tell you the list of the original 2004 list. So as Mick just oh, said, the top ten, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'll start from the bottom. Number ten was Ray Charles, "What I Say." Mm-hmm. Number nine was Nirvana, "Smells Like Team Spirit." Number eight was the Beatles, "Hey Jude." Number seven was Chuck Berry, "Johnny Be Good." Number six was the Beach Boys, "Good Vibrations." Five was Aretha Franklin, Respect. Four was Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Three was John Lennon's Imagine. Two were the Rolling Stones, Satisfaction. And as Mick said before, number one was Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. Now, if you read that, if you look at that top ten list, it's very representative of both Rock's early years, right, the 50s, as well as well as its renaissance and its you know counterculture heyday right. of the sixties. Plus, plus, then you got like you said, Nirvana in there, and, and everything is iconic. Everything sounds rock iconic. Right. Oh, it's definitely rock oriented, no question. Sure. You know, like I said, Marvin Gaye, you know, and, and Aretha Franklin, certainly the Motown soul um, aspect of that, but but. But certainly rock dominated. So you look sure. at that and you say, okay. Um, and I remember when that list came out, I didn't have any problem with that list. Right, seemed pretty representative. Of yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, uh, you know, uh, and just uh, just for shakes because we both love this band and we both love this song. Number eleven in twenty oh four was My Generation by the Who. Okay, that, that's one of the ones I was thinking of when I tell you what my favorite of all time is. That was in the top three for me to pick. Yeah. That's a tough one. So um, here comes the new list. Okay, this is 2021. 
top ten. Top ten. Now, as I said, uh, when, when now there's no question that our society is is much more cognizant of inclusion, diversity, um, uh, you know, equal, justice. equality, social justice. And there's no question that a magazine like Rolling Stone, which at this point I would believe is trying to be the magazine of the youth culture, right. which, it, which in many ways it always has been. And so um, they're catering now to this new youth culture where, where, where those attributes that I just mentioned are very important to them. Right, they're a prevalent theme. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you can't, I can't go through this list and I've gone through this list of 500 several times. I cannot come away with it without thinking first impression that there's a lot more about a more of an effort for this list to, um, be filled with equality Mm -hmm. rather than quality. Right. They, want, they wanted more representation of, of even a wider berth than we are talking about before. Yeah. So here's the top 10 in 2017. I read you those other ones from 2004. And this is being 2021. Oh, sorry, 2021. So here, right. what a difference. So let's, let's start here. Let me start with 10. Okay. Number 10. Now, here's here, – now, when I read these – Here's something else. If, if 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 even though you you know you your your favorite music, and I'm talking in general to the audience as well as to to Mick and myself. If you know you might be rock, it might be pop, maybe country, whatever you know, jazz, whatever it is. I would think if you like music, this top ten has to include songs that the majority of people have heard, sure or no. Right. I mean, it's the top 10 songs of all time. Yeah, exactly. So even if I don't like them. I've heard of it or I know of it, yeah. Right. Okay. At number 10, I have to already ask you. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe I do know this song. Okay. But I don't know it by title or band. All right. So you have, and I hope, I maybe, hopefully one of us does. But if not, it certainly proves the point that I was just talking about before. Number 10, Hey Ya by Outcast. I know who Outcast is, but I do not know the song. Yeah, I mean, I, if I say Hey Ya, is there is a Hey Ya? I mean, I'm trying to think, you know. When, when, I, when, I, hear, when, when I hear that, I think that's a, that's a um, uh, Goober says Hey. Now, that came out in 2003. Hey, yeah. Uh, okay. Now, everybody, I'm sure a lot of people out there are going, you, you don't know that song? Don't I got to tell you, I don't. I certainly don't own it. I have, right. an, I, have an, I have an iPod that has 24,000 songs on it. And that one ain't in there. And you know what song isn't on it? <laughs> hey. 24,000 songs. <laughs> and Hey, yeah, by Outkast. Is not on it. And they got it in the top 10. That's top what 10. Was, what was number nine? Number nine? Oh, thank God. We can at least breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Now, okay, once again, good song, right? Iconic song. I think we know exactly why it ended up there. But 
top 10 songs of all time? Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> Do you remember that guy last year on the skateboard? Right. That, 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 that's why that's... Yeah, if you, if, if you don't know what Nick's referring to, last year, right around this time, actually, around October, there was right. some guy made a TikTok video, and he was, was skating. It was like a father. He was like an older guy in his 40s. He was on a skateboard, right. and, he was, and he was just lip-syncing dreams. dreams. Yeah. That's all. For some reason, yeah. I mean, what happened? You know what happened? It just created such mega awareness. And I remember reading somewhere about the amount of money that came into Stevie Nicks and the band. Rumors came ba- either the song or rumors went back on the they charts. They, they both and, and the, <laughs> the the amount of money. It was like somebody just backed up a truck to Stevie <laughs> Nicks' house and said, "Okay, we're going to blow some money in here." And it was just like ridiculous amounts because this guy's on a skateboard and everybody wants to watch him. And because. So there's a good chance that a that the younger crowd they're aware of that now. didn't even know that that song existed. They didn't even know Fleetwood Mac existed. No, exactly. and, so and and to, and and to also measure not only the the power, like we're talking about now of the internet and the clicks and the lists and and mm-hmm. all this, but the power of TikTok was su- is such. I still think that the clock is ticking on TikTok, actually, because once once parents get involved with any kind yeah, of a, then it's, not, then it's no longer it's cool. not cool anymore. So even though everybody's doing TikTok, it seems to me like it's getting oversaturated, and the fourteen year old kids that 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 gave it its coolness, mm-hmm. they're looking for something else. They got to go to somewhere else. Yeah, but so anyway, yeah, so, so so dreams was nine. Wait, Stevie Witt, Stevie Nicks. I don't. Did you hear about this? Stevie Nicks at that time. Stevie Nicks and Mick Fleetwood. Both made TikTok videos, right? With dreams to to just fuel the the hype about it. Add, add more fi- add more fuel to the fire. Yeah, exactly. It even got on their radars. Well, like you said, how could they how could they not know it when all of a sudden they looked at their bank account? <laughs> They get, a, they get a, uh, Federal Express drops off this royalty. Yeah. It's like, Whoa, look at all those zeros. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Number eight. Mm-hmm. All right, Mick. I got it. <laughs> Another one. You're still lost. 24,000 songs on my iPod. And you don't have this one. I'll tell you what song is not on there. Okay. Now you tell me. If you know this, sing the, sing the verse. Because okay. I don't know it. Right. I don't even know the singer. Get your freak on, Missy Elliott. I know who Missy Elliott is. I know that. I know the name. But once again, do I know Get Your Freak On? No, I don't either. Is it used in a commercial? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. It's number eight of the of the five hundred best songs of all time. Right. So we've got we're we're only at eight, and I don't know two of the three. <laughs> so we're in trouble. <laughs> we're old and we're happy. Yeah, right. right. Number seven. Oh, yeah. finally. Yeah. So S- S- salvation. Strawberry feels forever. The Beatles. Okay, there you go. Which is interesting in that that song was not, as I read you before, not in the top ten. Mm-hmm. The last time, the yeah. Beatles, the, Be- the 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 Beatles song that was representative in 2004 was "Let It Be." Yeah. Um, what's going on? Once again, uh, Marvin Gaye. Actually, poor Marvin uh, fell down uh, two notches. Okay. Because it was number four in 2004, even though his album shot up from like, that became the number one album of all time. 
exactly, yeah. Yeah. Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Smells like teen spirit. Okay. Number five. And they actually went up from number nine. Okay. So clearly we're maybe now getting in terms of, like you said before, uh, this group of, of journalists and music people and recording artists, engineers, blah, 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 all these people in the biz, we may now be getting the 90s influence right. of the people that grew up with the 90s music because obviously Nirvana pretty much are the, you know, the alt-rock grunge gods. So they certainly uh, are, are, seem to be getting a little more um, uh, prestige here. Number four, the number one song from 2004 falls to four. Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. Okay. Now here's the shocker. Here's the shocker. Coming in at number three, this song was not even in the top ten. In fact, in 2004, it was number 12. It shoots up to three. And like we said before, socially conscious, uh, you know, equality, inclusion. Inclusion. Sure. Sam Cooks, a change is going to come. Okay. Okay. That's number three. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a great song. Right. But I don't know if it's the third greatest song of all time. And to be honest with you, if you know Sam Cooke, I don't even know if it's if Sam Cooke's best song. Right. I mean, is that better than You Send Me? That's tough. You know? And, and I know that the song has been used in several movies. Right. You know, so it was hoping that helps raise that again. Back Certainly. To and the uh, social justice and, or injustice issues. So, again, there's an influence there. Yeah. So. Number two. Number three. Okay. Number two. Number now you got to help me again. <laughs> number two. Oh, no. Number two. You have to help me again. Okay. Now, once again, I certainly. I don't know why you're counting on me. <laughs> I have to. I, I am either showing, like you said earlier, we're old and we're proud of it. I don't know if I'm showing my ignorance, uh, if I'm just showing my bias. Uh, once again, you know, music is subjective. We like what we like. We listen to what we listen to. Uh, you know, Mick and I have both been involved on the on the fringes of the music business. We've written about it. We've talked about it for our whole careers as much as our lives. But at there's but still there's some music, regardless that I've I've some I've, I'm into it to a ridiculous extent, and some I have been completely uh, you've just Acid off on, right. off the charts. I have not paid any attention. So now you tell me, "Fight the Power" by Public Enemy. Oh sure, I know that song. Really? How does it? Does it? I mean, is it? Is Fight it, the power. Fight the power. It has this has this uh, rhythm to it, and that was uh, the big song from uh, the movie "Do the Right Thing." Oh, all right. Yeah, because right. that came out in nineteen. 19- it's, it's been in other movies too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've heard it. I'm sure I've heard yeah. it. But to be honest with you, it's not one of these that comes right. And and wow, you really did that song justice. Oh, it goes fight the power, fight the power. That, that, that's that's pretty much the chant on it. Yeah, no, exactly. I know that song. Well, that's actually. quite a it's quite a melody. That is. It's quite a it's hook. There, Mister. <laughs> I think the sentiment is what makes it popular. But once okay. again, so now we have, you know, two socially, you know, inclusive, diversity, social mm-hmm. justice kind of songs in the top three. And then number one, shooting up yep. from number five. 
Now, the, the best, now the best song of all time. Yep. Wow. I mean, that's, that's quite a designation. And you could make a, a, you know, 17 years ago, you could make a, you could make a case for Bob Dylan's like a Rolling Stone because that one song not only encapsulated the counterculture, the whole hippie movement, uh, the, 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 the sense of the other, the younger generation trying to, um, you know, take its place mm-hmm. and, and maybe replace the establishment, the frustrations of it, um, uh, you know, the, the struggle of it. Um, and as well as that song was a top 40 hit and it was yeah. six minutes long, right? which at that point was unheard of. If you were over right. three minutes, they'd even play it. Yeah, but this song. Don't get me wrong. I I think this is a great song. I think the singer is certainly one of pop music's one of music in general's greatest stars, greatest pure singers, feeling emotion as well as as you know just a pure a voice. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I, I I'm surprised that this song is now deemed the greatest song of all time. Although, if you look at the ulterior motives, it's not surprising. Number one, it's fitting. Respect by Aretha Franklin. Yeah, now, and, and keep in mind, there's a lot of awareness, not just because of the movie that came out you know, a few uh, weeks ago, but Aretha, especially even at the end of her career, at the end of her life, you know, I, I remember when her funeral happened, it was like, a, like an eight-hour affair. Right. And, you know, she was certainly in that iconic status, like a Ray Charles. Uh, And the song, again, like you said, the lyrics, I think they just fit this idea of, hey, you know, there's the social issues. There's, hey, just give me some respect. You know, it's not just a woman to a man. It's just people in general saying, give me respect. You know, give me my due. So, again, I I agree with you that I don't know if I'd put that as the number one song. Actually, I wouldn't from, from my standpoint, but I'm saying... I think just these influences have, you know, this social stuff is pushing it beyond just what, what a song is. Yeah, because, I mean, it's got, I mean, yeah, not, not only is the song itself about respect, um, it's great from, it, it helps people spell. Sure. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. So yeah. there's some, there's some nice education involved. But, uh, I mean, but, but then once again, from, from a standpoint of a socially conscious, kind of agenda how can you go wrong with a song about respect by an african-american woman right no and it's it's a safe pick and like i said i think the sentiment is just one of those things that whatever color you are whatever sex you are you could identify with it and say okay this is something everybody wants so i think that fits so interestingly i mean if you read that list You've got uh, Respect, not necessarily a rock song, certainly more of a soul song. Sure. You've got Fight the Power, a hip-hop rap song. A right. Change is Coming. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, it is a rock song in that, but it's probably even more, I would say, it's more, more of a gospel song. Yeah, it's gospel slash soul, I'd yeah. say, for Sam Cooke, yeah. You know, sure. What's Going On is certainly a soul song. Right. Um, get Your Freak On. <laughs> I don't even we know. No, so we can't comment. I'm I, by Missy Elliott. I'm assuming it's 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 a soul rap or or um, you know hip hop song. 
yeah. and hey ya. Right. Which <laughs> So the you top You got to add that one onto your iPod. You got room for one more tune, don't you? I think maybe. Can't you download that puppy for for yourself? Now there is some uh, hope uh when you start to go down out of the top 10 on the current mm-hmm. list because right at number 11, n- knocking on the door at number 11 <laughs> is one of my favorite all-time songs. God only knows by the Beach Boys, which oh, I think yeah, is one of the well. great, you know, Brian Wilson productions as well as written songs. But once again, interestingly enough, is like I told you, the lone Beach Boys song that was in the top ten at that time, uh, you know, in twenty oh four was Good Vibrations. Right. Nowhere to be found. I mean, it's on the list, but certainly not in the top ten. Right. Um, and then um, Stevie Wonder, which is surprisingly, if you think you would think. That Stevie would have had a top ten. I mean, you know, with all due respect to Missy Elliott, right, or to Outcast, sure. I would think that Stevie Wonder, whether it's Superstition or some other song of his, which should certainly have been in the top ten, right. So that surprises me. And then the Stones, who were at number two in 2004, their first appearance on the new list, the 2021 list. They don't show up until 13th and not even with satisfaction. It's not, their first song is not satisfaction. It is Gimme Shelter, which okay. once again, socially conscious. It was came sure. out, you know, after, uh, you know, after Altamont. We got pandemic, we got, sir, we, we, but, but if you put it in the modern day times, it's like we have right. a pandemic. We got people looking for safety, all those things. So it just again fits that theme, you know. Yeah. So, um, so quite a different list, and certainly much more diverse. Certainly much more um, oriented toward African American hip hop uh, icons, as well as the music itself. I mean, some of these not even icons, but you know, pop, you know, hip hop songs. Right. Um, you know, you could look at uh, you know Marvin Gaye and Aretha Franklin as potential influences for you know the the rap or hip hop generation, but at the same time, the list actually is filled not only with uh, influencers or icons, but actual hip hop rap songs. Right. Fight the power, number two. Well, when you were talking about the Stones, and like I said, after this list came out, and I started thinking. You know, what would I put as the number one song? And again, you know, pull away the self, the the, the, the conscious uh, efforts of social influence and all those kind of things. I guess I, I think I told you uh, earlier, I said I was considering the who's my generation. But for me, it's satisfaction. I, I, beca- and and I, it was funny because I actually taught my students this this week and we actually I asked them. You know, what's there? And, of course, the songs they picked. Um, <laughs> Did you even know any of them? <laughs> you know, didn't even know who these artists are. <laughs> right. you know, isn't, that yeah, isn't that Which is fine. But, 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 but what I was judging them on was, you know, how they wrote their paragraphs and whatnot. But I wrote mine on Satisfaction. And I said, when you hear that opening fuzz guitar, that those chords and that beat, it's like you know exactly what you're hearing. And I always love the sentiment of the song. Guy can't get no satisfaction. He's you know getting hassled. He's watching uh, TV and trying to get his shirt, shirt so clean and all those other things. And again, it's it's probably more rock oriented than obviously this list is going to be. But when people say, "Well, what's the ultimate song?" 
for me, it was satisfaction. So, yeah. so what was yours? Well, I have to say that uh, I th- this is very difficult for me because I look at it from a lot of different. I look at it from from the aspects like you're saying of a song that that just touches you, that grabs right. you. But then I also do believe if you're going to make a list, um, even though we we know as as this certainly shows that over time tastes change, uh, circumstances surrounding us change, and our view on different things change, and our taste in music and whatever or what we're looking for from music actually changes. But but I have to say that. and, and not just because it, it may be cliched or not, but uh, I still think that like Rolling like a Rolling Stone is probably for me. It's not you know it may not be. I agree with you. If 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 I had to if I really had to listen to one song, right? As much as I'm a I'm a huge you know Elton fan and a Springsteen fan, it was so funny how we both tracked on this because at the end of the day, I was I was born and raised. And do love the rock and roll era, right? right. And uh, and to me, the rock and roll era that because of of not once again you talk about the riff of mm-hmm. of of satisfaction. I I would argue the riff of my generation. As soon as you hear that opening riff, another distinctive one, right? you know that's my generation. And exactly. And as much as you're saying too about satisfaction. That it's got, you know, that, oh, it's this kind of restlessness, which is, of course, a part of rock and roll. I can't get no angst, satisfaction. Angst, yeah, I'm sure. It's all there, but is there any better line? You know, hope I die before I get old. Right. I mean, from, from, a, from a rebellious, you know, angst, once again, angst-written, frustrated, um, uh, you know, which is all about rock and roll, freedom. Right. You know, at that point, you know, that was the phrase, don't trust anybody over 30. Yeah, why don't you all fade away? Yeah, why, you know, don't you, don't try to dig what we all say. That, you know, I've said this so many times that, um, you know, I, I don't feel bad. I don't make any apologies for not knowing the Outcast song or the Missy Elliott song. Or even some of the the rock and roll that is that is whatever's left these days, or that even has been written in the last twenty years, because as I've said, when I was in my twenties and I was going to concerts, if I saw somebody at the concert who was in their forties, right. I was like, "What are you doing here? Yeah, you don't belong. Get You're out of here. Peg. Yeah, get <laughs> you don't belong here. This is my music. Go listen to your music." And so that whole idea of don't try and dig what we all, you know, that's the other part of it. It's, this is ours. So I have no yeah. problems today with the fact that there's the, the hip hop and, 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 the, and the other kind of music that is dominant today. That's fine. Uh, if, that's, if that's what's speaking to the youth of today, uh, more power to you. But it doesn't speak to me, and it's not supposed to. Exactly. It's it's and not I, written to me. They're not talking right. to me. And I'm I'm relieved that it doesn't. That it's like okay, like you said, we're kind of in our set of beliefs and tastes that 
it's it's like a dish that you've never eaten. It's like, well, then I'm okay because I, 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 you know what, I do fine with the foods I do eat. Yeah, and so I have no problems with it. Um, you know, there was I'm certainly I'm certainly I, over the last twenty some years or so there there was on my part there probably was some pushback like oh this you know just like your you know like my parents said about my music oh this is terrible and it's loud and what is it you know i mean i mean i've said all that same stuff because there is a point you know when you when you are in your 20s and even in your 30s that you are part of the culture that's driving it right and when you start to fall out of that driver's seat you don't want you know we all want to sit shotgun yep (laughs) we don't want to sit in the back no and so and so in your in your mid to late 30s early 40s you still want to call shotgun (laughs) but but it's clear that you don't belong in the front seat anymore exactly and so there is some hesitancy and there is some blowback on your part to say uh, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to give that up. But it's inevitable. And and then there there comes a point where you just you do say okay. And 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 like you said at the beginning of this conversation, you know what? We're old and we're proud of it. I don't. I I'm. I don't care that I don't. And you know. And I'm not. I don't wear it like a badge of honor that I don't know Missy Elliott or Outcast. But at the same times, I'm not losing sleep over it either because you know what. The, you know, times, you know, Dylan said it, the times are a changing, right. you know, well, the, well, get the out of the way. Of, the other part of it too, getting back to the youth issue. Okay. Look at that list. Even when you talk about the top 10, okay. There's a couple of songs that we don't know, like the outcast song, the Missy Elliott song, but young people are going to look at that and go, who cares about Aretha Franklin? Right. Or exactly. Who cares about Marvin Gaye? So there's there's still going to be some dis, there's going to be some uh, distance there, and there, and it, it, it's probably just going to be that way where either you get hip to that, or they may say, "Hey, I've never heard of Marvin Gaye, and I'm okay that I don't know." Him. Well, here's here, so I, I I started to scrub through this list because there, there really is it is it is really uh, with 17 years passing, that's right. almost a generation if you think mm-hmm. about it. They usually plot a generation between 20 and 25 years right um so 17 is close enough um you really do see a generational gap sure and and just to, so i was scrubbing this so for instance um at the in the top 20 of 2004 to show just how this list uh overall is 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 much different, and as I said at the outset, much more diverse, much more um, you know filled with hip, with hip hop, and and certainly women artists. So, for instance, in in, in twenty oh four, the Beatles. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I said it was it wasn't Let It Be. It was Hey Jude that was number eight. Okay. Um, yeah, number twenty. Right. Number twenty was Let It Be in twenty oh four. In this list, it's one twenty one. Wow. Yeah. How about this? On in the 2004 list, Elvis Presley's Hound Dog mm-hmm. was number 19. Okay. It's off the list. It's not even on the top. It is five. not on the top 500 songs. Elvis's first appearance, Elvis. Mm-hmm. Elvis's first appearance on this list is number 70. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's suspicious minds. Suspicious minds. Yeah. 70. Yeah. 
Chuck and Beer. Was, and, and that wasn't even really a rock song. No. It was a pop song. It wasn't, it wasn't like a Hound Dog or Jailhouse Rock. It wasn't one of his, def- it wasn't like That's All Right Mama. It wasn't one right. of the songs that, that put Elvis on the map and really exactly. established rock and roll in 1955. Not at all. Right. Suspicious Minds, right. I think, was in the early 70s. Exactly. Or late yeah. 60s, uh, certainly. And um, so, wow, you know, and we talked about this before, and I really still believe it. It's it, the saddest part of um, of what's going on is Elvis's importance and Elvis's um, just innovation mm-hmm. and his music. He is he is known as an entity, but I do not believe his music has stood up well. Sadly, over the years, because. He has be, his fans have put made him into a parody with all these Elvis impersonators and these guys that that walk right. around with the white jumpsuit and the big hair and the big glasses, yeah, the karate chops and all that stuff, yeah. And that's so sad because you know Elvis does deserve that credit. Sure, he he was well, he was the original rebellious rock yeah. that everybody freaked out over. And even though, as we've said before, rock is diminishing that still stands for something when you were the original, Oh my God, I can't believe my daughter listens to that or watches him on TV or any of that kind of stuff. And again, he's just completely diminished as far as his, I should say importance. Now know, here's and, another and one. Hold on, to, hold on to your seats. You want to talk about a shift. Okay. Number 17 in 2004 was Jimi Hendrix, purple haze. Okay. Guess what number Purple Haze is in 20, uh, in, that was 2004, in 2021? Uh, 110. 250. Oh, my God. 250 from 17. Jimi Hendrix. Now, that's not his first, that's not his first appearance, but Purple Haze, right. which is really his signature song. Exactly. <clears throat> And, yeah. And, I mean, it's another song, as soon as you start to right. hear it, you know where you're going, right? Another huge fall, which mm-hmm. is surprising, but once again, perhaps not. Number 15 in 2004 was The Clash, London Calling. Okay. Was 15. Right. In 2021, 143. Wow. Fell from 15, from, from 15 to 143. Mm-hmm. And then here's... Just goes to show you, Mick, where we are. Right. <laughs> We're both here praising the greatness of the Who's ultimate rebellious rock youth angst-filled anthem, right? Right. Praising it, quoting it. It was number 11 yeah. in 2004. In 2021... From number 11 to 232. Oh, my God. Oh, my halfway. Oh my generation. Can you yeah, believe that? Well, again, this goes back to what we're talking about, about the diminished impact and importance and focus on rock and roll. And again, like you said, we just said, this is an iconic song that, again, yeah, it's representing something that's fading out. It's a, it's a dinosaur. So as good as that song is, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it really is. And, and I, I, I was noticing this several years ago, and I'm, I'm now I'm starting to hear it more and read it more. 
but I was saying this a while ago because I could see the writing on the wall and and sadly and as and as um perhaps for for some of us as impossible as it may seem already you could make a, a case for it and certainly I would say in another 20 years and maybe even a shorter period than that rock and roll will be a niche like jazz and blues and folk and as big and as dominant it rock was 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 more dominant than any popular musical form you know as as big as the big bands were sure they never were as big as rock and roll and as big and now now look at the small box that rock is being yeah yeah keeps shrinking and shrinking yeah and and here's the thing that that i'm really surprised about is i think first of all you know i think the baby boomer generation um you know has always been very self-centered and always thought it was it was the center of the universe as does every generation in power but certainly the baby boomers felt that because they had the sheer numbers just like the millennials do now Mm -hmm. and i think that there was a there was a period there where you could sense that that you know the the culture the the culture did move the baby boomers did move our culture for many decades they certainly helped move it in the 50s when they were teenagers Mm -hmm. with elvis Without a doubt, they they shifted the whole paradigm with the Beatles in the right. '60s, and then in the '70s with the the, the Vietnam, you know, late '60s or '70s with the Vietnam protests, and certainly then with with the hard rock and the and the loud rock and the concerts, and they made a business out of it. Then it it, it really it made real money, right? <laughs> with the concerts, it sure. it, it made real. Yeah, uh, it made it, it, it became it wasn't just a way of life, it was a way to get super 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 duper rich. Yeah. So and then uh in the eighties with MTV, once again another shift, but the people behind MTV, the people who invented it, the people who programmed it, were all baby boomers. And right. and, and as I think we've talked before, the great irony is well, everybody thinks of MTV. Like oh yeah, it brought in all these new wave people and all these British people and you know uh, you know it was the eighties sound with the synthesizers and your uh, you know your your um, Thompson Twins and your Boy George and Culture Clubs and all these British new wave bands. At the end of the day, the biggest stars of the eighties were the stars of the seventies who right, then became and yeah Bowie, David right. Bowie, Bruce Springsteen, Prince, Michael Jackson. Right. These were all. The major stars of the '80s, Tina Turner, and they were all the biggest stars of the '80s. Yeah, and, and MTV was the catalyst for all that. Yeah, yeah. and you could even make them. You could even make a, a, a you know a case for the baby boomers um, even having a, a an influence in the '90s. But that's when it started to stop because then you had Generation X, which mm-hmm. was the next one. But they they had too small. Their numbers were too small. And they had a very short little window, right? You know, of, of having any kind of a cultural kind of impact. But my point is, the baby boom generation has certainly um, had this hold on our culture mm-hmm. for several decades. And what surprises me when I look at this list is not only has rock, which is the baby boomers' music, right, has it fallen in prestige? 
and in awareness and in importance. But what I'm shocked at is it seems like the baby boomers have laid down their arms that right. they've they've let this happen without much of a fuss or a fight. Well, I think part of that may have to do with the fact that they see they're getting older, they're gray, they're retired, there's all these things, and look at all their heroes, but many of them are dead. And, right. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and I think one of the things when we talk about this diminish of rock is there haven't been others to come fill the shoes right. of yeah. these, these 70s bands or 80s bands or whatever. And so, you know, people stop, you know, kids stop growing up saying, oh, I want to learn how to play the guitar. You know, or I want, you know, they, they want to do mixes if they want to do their songs or things like that. Yeah. So there's been so many things that have just been diluted over time. And there just hasn't been another wave of rockers that say, oh, OK, we're going to take over where, you know, Led Zeppelin left off or we're going we're gonna to carry things forward. That just isn't there in the same with the same impact. You know, you've got a Foo Fighters and I guess you put you know, a Pearl Jam in there, too. But. Look at those, those guys. They've been around forever, too. Yeah, and, and Eddie Vedder is almost 60. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, again, they're starting to look old where it's like, okay, there's nobody else picking this up. I mean, the days of kids in a basement, you know, learning, you know, songs, some rock songs, those days are over. So there isn't that next wave, that next group that says, okay, we're going to take this to the next level. And that's... It's depressing in some ways, I think, you know. Now, there's certainly, the baby boomer have certainly, uh, at, 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 to your point, what they have done, if, if there hasn't been um, a, a, another generation of rockers to, 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 to pick up the torch and keep it going, and yeah. so the, 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 the only way rock has really stayed even in the, in the mainstream for, for what it has in the last 10 or 15 years is the fact that these artists, even though they're in their 60s, 70s, and now approaching 80s, some of them, uh, they still are concert draws. And the baby boomers have proven that they will still spend money. Right, and big and, money. And big money, and they still will go to those concerts. Eric Clapton is out there right now, you know, mm-hmm. filling stadiums. And... Um, and it, it, even in a pan- Genesis is doing it again. And Genesis is back. I mean, poor, poor Phil Collins is basically sitting in a chair he, the whole the whole night. Yeah, yeah, just basically singing from a chair. I mean, that, right. that's that. I mean, if if think about think about if if in the heydays of rock in the sixties and seventies, <laughs> if some. Uh, if if you know if if Frank Sinatra or Rudy, like I said before, Rudy Valley or somebody from the, from an er, an earlier era, had been sitting on a stage in a chair, yeah. singing, what would the rockers of that time said about that? Exactly. Yeah. And now that's what yeah. they're doing because the the money is the money is too good to um to pass up. There's still millions on the table, um and. These are still people that, despite their age, this is all they've ever done. This is all they ever know. And they need that. They still need that adrenaline rush, that adoration, whatever it is. And so they will be literally, I mean, this guy is literally sitting in a chair 
you know, laid out in a casket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talk about, you know, who's going to die on stage. I mean, when you look at, at Phil Collins, you say that's either Phil Collins or it's some little old man, some little old bald. <laughs> he looks like the guy from the, uh, the great America, the great America commercials from several years ago. Remember that old guy with the big glasses? Oh, yeah, the little bald guy. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's yeah. what he looks yeah. like yeah. now. Well, the, the guy on Great American commercials, he actually danced around. Phil can't, <laughs> no, Phil can't even. But, but see, but, and, and again, you know, like you said, these acts come out there. But that's why, I mean, he claims he's done. I admire a Bob Seger who just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> right. I'm gray. Right. I'm old. You know, he lost a saxophone player. But even before then, he right. was like, no, this is, this is the final end. And I'm not saying these other guys, you know, whether it's the Who or the Stones, I'm not saying they're not dignified, but like you said, you know, they still they still have that need of being out there in these crowds and this acceptance. And I'm like, again, I'm the kind of person I'm like, dude, haven't you done enough? Yeah, I mean, the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones are out now. They're they're when starting they their tour. Gig, they first gig without Charlie Watts. Yeah, they're starting their tour in, in earnest, you know, this week, and uh, and there they are. I mean, I think Jagger is at least seventy seven or seventy eight, and and, and, right. and Keith Richards and and Charlie Watts just passes away at eighty. I mean. Um, you know, there was, the, like I said, the, the great, I mean, Dylan just turned 80. I think McCartney is 79. I mean, the great irony is that these were the same people that were telling, you know, get out of the way. Right. You know, uh, and, 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 but yet they won't leave. I was going to say, now they're saying we're not leaving you yeah. know, until we're dead. Yeah. So, you know, therein lies the issue. Well, and, and, and I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, it's just. That that's the way it is. Like you said, they, there is still representation. People willing to pay that kind of money, and there are. You know, if you go to say an Eagles concert, you don't just see a bunch of people in their sixties. You do see younger people too. But again, those numbers just keep diminishing. I keep talking about the shrinking box, and uh, and the the influence and the importance of rock and all that. It just keeps getting smaller as time goes on. And again, once the, some of these acts, you know, are finally you know, God forbid, dead, everybody dies at some point, then it's like, then who picks it up after that? That's all I want to know. And what I find interesting, I said before about, you know, the the baby boomers kind of laying down their arms. Um, When I went through this list, uh, as I was reading it, and I'm trying to find, you know, some of the iconic uh, names and songs and where they're at, and and I'm shocked at how, you know, low in the, in the list they are. So then right. I went and I said, "Let me see once again to to to, to this, prove this point about the you know the rocks diminishing hold on on our culture and 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 on its own and it's in, in its as its own as an entity." Um, I went back to see the where the found the 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 first class of inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where they fall now on this list. Okay, so Chuck Berry. So we had Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Fats Domino, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, and uh, Elvis Presley. That was the first group of of inductees. Now, certainly, as we said before, um, Sam Cooke wound up at number three on this Mm -hmm. list, which is certainly impressive. But then after that... After Sam Cooke's, uh, you know, in my view, gonna come. surprisingly high, um, you know, standing on this new list, right. the, 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 the next highest original first class of um, 
of rock and roll inductees is Chuck Berry, and mm-hmm. he comes in at 34. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm sorry, at 33. And right behind him is James Brown at 34. Okay. That's the highest. And then Little Richard is at 35. Um, Fats Domino is 47. And then, wow. I mean, talk about a drop. Ray Charles comes in at 80. Wow. Elvis comes in at 70. We said that earlier. But then listen to these. Jerry, uh, no, Buddy Holly, 124. Mm. That'll be the day. (laughs) Jerry Lee Lewis. 242. For which song? Uh, Great Balls of Fire. Wow. And the Everly Brothers, the Everly Brothers, who, mm-hmm. you know, one of the Everly Brothers, uh, you know, uh, was it Don who just died? Yeah, just passed away. Yeah. A lot was written about them, how influential they were, their harmonies, sure. and their sound Duos l- literally just influenced the next 40 years of popular music with Simon and Garfunkel and, and Crosby stills and Nash and just Mm -hmm. the use of harmonies and, and the duos, like you said, and the blendings and the, and the, the sound. All I have to do is dream Hmm. 323 out of 500, the Everly brothers. I mean, again, we're talking about more diminishing. Yeah, I mean that is that I I and 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 here's the other. I went through the list just visually Mm -hmm. seven times before I could find them, and then (laughs) finally went in here somewhere. I went because I said they have to be on this list. I mean, I'm like I can't not. I have to keep looking because I have to be missing it. And finally, it hit me. I went, wow, okay, right. But I was like, holy smokes. You know, the Everly Brothers, what a drop sure. that was to 323. Uh, that was, to me, very sad just because I love the Everly Brothers and I actually had a chance to see them mm-hmm. um, when they opened and then played with uh, Simon and Garfunkel oh, okay. about 20 years ago at the, at the United Center. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was pretty cool to see them. And they sounded still amazing. Sure. And you could see Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel were just like out of their minds, you know, that right. they were there and that they were on the same stage with them uh, because they were their idols, you know. And I was like, wow, you know, 200 or 323. I, 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 was, I was just shocked by that. But sure. And then looking through the, um, looking through the list, um, when you look at decades, it just goes to show you, as we said. Um, and here's here's some here's an interesting thing too on this list, right? Greatest songs of all time, like we said. Whether you like them or not, you have to respect them. But there is not one Frank Sinatra song. No kidding. On this list, not there, even New York, New York. Not New York, New York. Not Lady Is a Tramp. Not any. Not any of his. His tort songs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's some songs, for instance, that were on the list that are not on it. Now, okay. strap in. Hound Dog, right. Elvis Presley, one of the defining songs. 
Sure, didn't make it. This song dropped off the list. In my view, it actually should be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. You've lost that love and feeling. Oh yeah, by the Righteous, sure, Brothers. Righteous Brothers. Not Absolutely. on the list. Whole lot of shaking going on. Not. I was. On that's why I asked about Jerry Lee right. Lewis because John Lennon used to say that was the greatest rock and roll song yeah. of all time. Well, sorry, John. Not yeah. on not the on list. list. Elvis Presley's That's All Right Mama, which basically was his first hit. The launching song. That started everything. Not on the list. California Girls. Beach Mm -hmm. Boys. Beach Boys. Defining. As we talked about before, we talked about Bob Dylan. The times they are a-changing. It became the anthem for the the counterculture. Right, and that's what's happening right now. The times are a-changing. Yeah, yeah. So, But here's the best part. So if you start when, like, uh, with recorded music, Right, mm-hmm. in where it had any kind of real impact when records were being sold. Right. There's only two on this whole list of 500 of the greatest songs ever written. Two songs from the 30s, one song from the 40s. Now to show about rock's early days, and I talked about those those first 50s rockers and yeah. how, how they had fallen. Only 24 out of 500 mm-hmm. songs with the rock and roll generation. And then here's the surprising one. The 60s, right? Which you'd think, right? I mean, changed everything. Right. Only 108. Wow. The 70s 70s are the dominant ones, which Mm -hmm. would make sense because I would assume that most of the people that are now making this list are probably in their 40s and 50s and 60s and so that, that's that was her influence. when yeah. they grew up. So there's 143. That's the most that any era has on this on this list. The 80s have 80. Um, the the 90s have 71. Uh, 2000 to 2009 has 36. 2010 to 2019 has um, has 32. And then 2020 and 2021 have three. So okay. right now on this list. The '70s is the dominating um, era, but there's mm-hmm. but certainly, while it may dominate the entire list, when the you numbers to- are, are falling, yeah. And when you talk about prominence of those songs, right. many of those songs are on the lower part of the list. But as I said before, when we started this whole conversation, the top ten are filled with um, a variety of songs. Many, uh, I mean. Here, well, there's what? There's at least two from the 2000s out mm-hmm. of the top 10. Right. I mean, that's, that's a lot. You got to get that outcast song, mister. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as a token drop, yeah. token download. You but know? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I mean, you know, and, 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 and I don't know if you went through it all, the, the current list, if, there's, if, you, if you were surprised by any songs. I mean, once again, from, from, a, from, a, um, from a socially conscious uh, you know, kind of view um, the song "Strange Fruit" by. I was gonna br- I was gonna bring that one up because I saw that that was uh, twenty one. Yeah, and again, to be honest, I would put that in the top ten if you're doing this socially conscious thing, right? By Billy Holiday because that's yeah. and that's a song about lynching, right? And it's like pretty much what you know the Black Lives uh, right uh, matter uh, uh, movement has been about. And there's certainly been a lot of that, even though there's been lynching, there's been other things. That's why I was a little surprised that that wasn't a little bit lower on the list. Yeah, that was surprising. But there's a song that wasn't even anywhere near the top 20 mm-hmm. in 2004. 
Right. Not even, I don't even think it was on the list. Yeah. And what I found here, and, and, and then I've, I just went through the list and tried to find some little ironies. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. you said your favorite greatest song that you would put at number one was what? Satisfaction by the Stones. You know what beat, you know what, you know what song is right ahead of Satisfaction? What? Royals by Lord. Oh God, that, that that song was so obnoxious. Remember that song? Yes, but here's my point. That's that beat satisfaction. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, here's another interesting one. You know, I mean, as as you know, forty years ago, thirty, well, even fifty years ago now. Yeah, it's kind of scary to think that 1980 was forty years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Simon and Garfunkel at one time were the preeminent American. Singer songwriter duo. Sure, absolutely. no question. Tons of hits, right? Their first appearance is at sixty six. Which which song? Mrs. Bridge Robinson? over troubled water. Oh, bridge over troubled. Okay. What I don't understand. I don't know where this. I, more power to her. Um, it's amazing how she went from a punchline to this this feminine female icon. But mm-hmm. Dolly Parton. Her image is so different now. Sure. And she is viewed as this empowered, you know, female icon. And if you remember, in the 70s and 80s, she was a punchline about her breasts. About big boobs. And that's all she was. And her, I think her song was Jolene they had on that. And now Jolene, which wasn't even a hit. Right. Not on. Not. I mean, it was a hit on the country charts, but in terms of the the, the Billboard Top Forty, it was nowhere. Right. Her biggest, her first hit was "Here You Come Again." Yeah. But Jolene has taken on such a powerful thing because of its message. Sure, a female, don't my man, even though you can. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Help a woman. A woman trying to stand up for herself and also begging this woman not to take her man. Yeah. Uh, you know the fact that "Stairway to Heaven," "Stairway to Heaven," right? Yeah. The ultimate, you know, rock and roll song in terms right. of of the the uh, you know the imagery and the playing and the the, the guitar and the whole Another thing. Another major icon, right? Sixty one, sixty one. I I mean I'm 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 shocked. I, I'm just completely shocked at, at at some of the songs, and even I mean I want to say anything, but. The 500 songs of all time, number 93. That's not that's that's kind of high when you think about yeah. the top 500 of all time. Sure, Kelly Clarkson. Since you've been gone. Oh God. <laughs> well, it's funny when it's funny when you mentioned because uh, I, I wrote down I looked at I looked at and that beat staying alive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I saw that was what was that was 99. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that beat blowing in the wind, which was 100. Yeah. Well, I, I look. I looked at the the four hundreds, uh, the five hundreds to the four hundreds, and then I looked at the top hundred. The one that surprised me like that was, first of all, was uh, "House of the Rising Sun" was four seventy one. Oh my God! Classic and song again, by the Animals. All you all you have to hear is that. And yeah, and 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 again, like and then when you mentioned Nirvana, it surprised me because I saw "Come as You Are" was four sixty seven. Uh, I also noticed that "Sweet Child of Mine" by the Guns N' Roses was eighty eight. Yeah. Yet "Welcome to the Jungle" was four ninety one. <laughs> and 
and to be honest, I thought that was right. Again, I, I put it in that rock category. I thought Welcome to the Jungle was like their staple. Yeah. Yeah, they go with you know with that. Um and then the other one, getting back to the other artists, other types of artists, Manish Boy. Yeah, Muddy Waters. What is it? Muddy Waters, 425. Oh. I mean, come on. I'm amazed. Again, just think of that idea, you know, and I'm a boy, I'm a man. I'm a man. Mahoochie man. Yeah, it just, and then one other surprise that I made a note of, because we're talking about more modern stuff, I could not believe Foo Fighters Everlong was 409. Right, yeah, you'd think, yeah. Again, because there's such awareness of them and such a big deal, it's like you think that they would be certainly in the top 100 for sure. And, and, here, like, and here's one that really shocks me, because I have always said in my mind, when, when, when you talk about the, the British invasion and, the, and, and it, sort of the, the holy trinity right. of the British invasion, you usually have Beatles, Stones, and the Who. And then there's the Kinks. And then there's the Kinks. And in my view... I don't know about you. I actually always put the Who above the Stones. Sure, I'm I'm more of a Who fan than a Stones fan. I I I, I get the Stones. I understand their importance. Mm-hmm. I like them, but the Who's music always uh, Pete Townsend and the Who's music and Daltrey's voice always just gets to me more. Whether it's in the live, uh, you know, venue or on record, there's just a right. passion and a power and a uh, and 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 uh, you know um, Townsend's lyrics and, and and that music they they just they really meld the anger and the emotion of his words match that same power of the music and so I was shocked to see that not only we talked before about my generation being yeah. solo but the first time the Who shows up. Mm-hmm. Is one hundred fifty nine? It's almost a third of the way down with Bob O'Reilly. Mm. And here's the weirdest part, though: Beatles, Stones, Who, right? Yeah. And then, like you said, which is exactly true. And then there's and 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 it's always followed with that disclaimer that you said. Yeah. And then there's the Kinks. The Kinks, right? You really got me. But you know what? The Kinks are 14th on this list. Huh. The Who is 159th. Was King was Kings was it you really got me? No. Waterloo Sunset. Oh my god. <laughs> How could Not even Lola? You really got me or Lola or or the song that is basically responsible in many eyes for the real birth of hard rock, mm-hmm. which is all day and all night and with all that night, riff. Sure. Uh, uh, right. uh, 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 uh. Yep. I got news for you. In that in that little list, I believe I don't know if that song even fell off the list. Mm-hmm. What you really got me? Uh, no, all day and all the and all night. Oh, okay. It, I don't know. It's I guess it's. I guess it's on there, but I—I I mean, it's certainly not where it should be. 
Yeah. But Waterloo Suns. So, so first of all, the Kinks, which in our, which in most people's minds were always the also rans of the British invasion. Right. They were still there. Where did they, they, they get, were... where did they get this newfound uh, <laughs> prestige with a, an obscure, a, 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 a relatively obscure song? Waterloo Sunset was a huge song in England, mm-hmm. but it was not a hit here at all. Well, again, this is also contingent on the people that voted, and we don't know who all the people yeah. who did that. But, but yeah, wow, that's... for the Kinks to be 14th mm-hmm. and the Who that's to be 159th? Right. Wow. I mean, the, the, you know, like I said, the Stones, uh, you know, came in. But uh, but they were right behind the Stones. The Stones were 13th with Gimme Shelter, and 14th mm-hmm. were the Kinks. I mean, that's I was shocked by that. I was yeah. really shocked by that. I love the Kinks. I always felt that the Kinks never got the respect they deserved. For their influence especially. Yeah, uh, because mm-hmm. sadly, they were, they were as big or, or as, you know, certainly as big as any of those, those initial uh, British invasion bands. Sadly... They they lost their chance to become mega because they had some um, visa problems, mm-hmm. and in the mid '60s they couldn't tour America. Right, so they, that affected their popularity. So they, yeah. while the Beatles were coming, and, and and you know, and and the Who and 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 the Stones were all mm-hmm. coming to America and playing concerts and building their base right. and building their audience, the Kinks couldn't come to America and do the same thing. And by the time they finally could. Those other bands had already sealed it, already put a flag in the in the ground, right? And they certainly and don't, and don't like you said. There's songs like Lola and and even later on in the 70s, uh, you know, they had Lola and jukebox music and um, mm-hmm. and 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 other songs like that. They certainly made their mark, but they they sadly missed their chance to be in that right. top three because being that, be that be in that groove and that's yeah scene, because yeah. they couldn't they couldn't tour and they couldn't build that base and meanwhile the beatles and the stones and the who uh they <laughs> filled it but uh but wow i was shocked to see that so i mean so in some ways i'm glad to see the kinks rise in um in their but in the, their but certainly the wrong song for sure wrong song and see the who yeah i mean knowing pete townsend he can't be happy right now you, you, did you hear about who else isn't happy is uh, Smash Mouth. Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> Smash Mouth lead singer is like, wait a minute, where's All Star? <laughs> you know, which in fairness, which, yeah, yeah, 90s, yeah. If there's Apple some, yeah, if there's some of these songs, wants to, I mean, everybody knows that. Song. Yeah, I mean, if there's some how of these, does that not make, how does that not make it? But Outkast does, and it doesn't make the five hundred. They spoke out. The lead singer was like, wait a minute. Where are we on this list? We didn't make the list. Yeah, I mean, if Merry Go Round by Casey Musgraves <laughs> could be on the list, I mean, yeah. where is that song? Exactly. And just for our own sake, because both Mick and I are both Elton John fans, I was shocked, to be honest with you, because Elton, for the most part, gets very little respect right. from the critics. I was surprised to see that Elton not only placed a song in the top 50, which I think is is pretty impressive for Elton, even though I would think I I think he deserves to be higher on the list. Yeah. But the fact that he made the top fifty is is good enough, considering that he's always ne- he's never been a critic's darling by any means. Mm-hmm. But certainly he must be getting some kind of respect now, just through maybe longevity alone, because he has four songs on here. Okay. 
Now, uh, they're not, you know, I mean, I think uh, uh, Rocket Man came in at 149. Your song came in at 202. And Benny and the Jets came in at 371. Mm-hmm. But still, to have four songs of the 500 greatest songs of all time right, which, for a guy who was dismissed for much of his, of his heyday. Right, and the list being so expansive and including so many different things. Yeah. So, you know, you know, and, and, and the other part, too, I saw the Tiny Dancer was the, the lowest ranking at 47, or the best ranking yeah. for him. But again, go back to that movie, Almost Famous. You can't turn on cable TV without seeing that. And without that, I don't think that song makes it there. Oh, there's no, there's no way. That, that is yeah. completely Cameron Crowe and right. Almost Famous film. Just cherry picked it and said, we'll put this one in, and then everybody knows it. He now, deserve, if Elton has not given him part of the royalties... Right, <laughs> that that song is made. Or yeah, yeah, over the last twenty-one years, because he took that song that was always a popular song in the Elton, uh, within the Elton fan base right. from Madman Across the Water, but it was released as a single in seventy-one. I think that it, I don't even think it got into the top forty. If it did, it was in the lower uh, the lower reaches in the thirties, but it was a complete flop. It was first of all, it was too long once again for top forty radio. It was over five minutes, um, but it it went into obscurity. It was an album cut. It was a fan favorite. He would play it on and off during tours over the last you know thirty five years, and then as you said, Cameron Crowe put it in in uh, almost famous he just, he just for only a what giant booster shot for yeah. what like two minutes. Right. This one little two-minute scene, it's a snippet of the song, not even the whole song, resurrected right. it, introduced it to a new generation who immediately fell in love and finally got what we always knew. Right. And, and again, go ahead. And, 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 and rose it and, 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 and made it rise to, for now, perhaps, according to this list, and maybe even when you go to an Elton concert, of all the songs, even I would argue even more than your song, when Probably, he yeah. when he plays when he plays Tiny Dancer, you hear a gasp mm-hmm. in the crowd, yes. yeah. and you hear everyone singing along and swaying. Right, that, and, and so again, that, that fits into the movie and fits into like, yeah. the, the awareness of younger people where they jump on that. So yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, so I have to say, uh, you know, uh, every list uh, you know, has its, uh, its upsides and its downsides. Every list is subjective and every list can be debated. No list is perfect. Um, but clearly, once again, as we're seeing uh, with many uh, aspects of our culture, certainly in the arts, there is a a a high a a, a a a a very prominent effort to you know br- you know rise up to equality and social mm-hmm. justice and and social awareness we'll even the playing field and 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 it has and don't get me wrong it has been un it has been an uneven playing field. There's no question right. about so, that. So now, now the balance has gone the other way a bit. Yeah. But I guess my biggest my biggest uh, lament, or uh, you know, is is just that, you know, a song. If a if a song is great, a song is great. Mm-hmm. So how could a song go from eleven to two hundred and thirty two? Times have changed. So it is sad to see that uh, that. You know the music that we grow up with and that we hold so dear 
is losing its uh, its impact and its uh, and its influence. Uh, and it will be interesting to see. Um, even you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, we're around for the next uh, twenty five or thirty years to just see what will that will be like because right. uh you know we're seeing now is 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 uh, and I think we talked before is that you know as much as we look at the rock era as so dominating and we can list you know at least a dozen or two dozen you know as you said we talked about Led Zeppelin I mean there's so many just iconic groups that in our minds deserved this this prominence but in a hundred years from now, the same way that we look at jazz right. and we say, well, there's Duke Ellington and there's Count Basie. Mm-hmm. And then we'll All say, the if, are be forgotten about. yeah. And then we say in the big bands, well, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, there was Tommy Dorsey and there was Glenn Miller, mm-hmm. you know, as crazy as it may seem in our minds, even though we can, we can rattle off 20 or 30. Don't be surprised if the rock era is whittled down and boiled down to a couple to one or two and the Beatles have to be there and and maybe Bob Dylan but you said earlier then where does Chuck Berry or where do Elvis come in again more diminished where they may not even be part of it yeah and and but or surprisingly as much as we would think the Beatles maybe don't forget there's no Beatles without Chuck Berry Exactly. Yeah. So, as crazy as it sounds, maybe even the Beatles get forgotten, right? In 150 years from now, I don't think that's the case. I don't think they'll be mm-hmm. forgotten, but 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 who knows who will be named? As crazy as in our, you know, if you would have talked to somebody from the 40s who could rattle off all those big band names like Basil Fomine. Yeah, little Jack Little, and <laughs> little toy Jack piano. Little's toy piano, uh, <laughs> but uh, but now uh, yes, there's there's some others too, right? I mean, there's you know, there's the the, the Dorseys, and you hear about um, like I said before, Glenn Glenn Miller and and uh, and some of the other ones, Harry James. But still, there were there were ten or fifteen, just like we were talking, and there. They're in the uh, they're, they're in the ether. They're, they're dust. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. They're, they're, they're not even an asterisk. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like we'll I said, see. you know, and from the jazz standpoint, yeah, certainly you you mention, uh, you know, a Louis Armstrong or a Dave Brubeck or, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, John Coltrane. But when you start to talk about the masters or the names that you you know, it's, it's like, hey, it's it's Duke Ellington, and uh, you know, like I said, Count Basie, and then people start to name some. But if you're going to be forced to name one or two, right. It, you the, the, with big names and everybody else is forgotten. Yeah. So, uh, but the sad part is, <laughs> we're seeing it in our lifetime. Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. We're I I didn't the erosion. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think that we would see the erosion. I thought you know we would be long gone. Right. But now apparently, hey now hey ya. You got to get that song with outcast <laughs> or get my what is it. Get your funk uh, freak. Right. Get your freak on, Mick. Mr. Get Missy. Do you have your, I don't even, I'm looking at you because we're doing this on Zoom. I don't see you, you're not wearing any freak. You You do not, you do not have your freak on. As soon as we sign off, I'm putting my freak on. Because I'm looking at you now, your freak is not on. I have it it in the dryer. I'm going to go pick it up in about two minutes. (laughs) Your freak is not on. And so to that, I ask, what's going on? 
<laughs> Very good. <laughs> because a change better be coming. Yep. Because I'm ready to fight the power. <laughs> and if you don't get your freak on, then you know what? You don't get no respect. Duly noted. There you go. So the only ones I didn't get in there were what? I don't know how you get Strawberry Fields forever in there. There'll be no <laughs> Strawberry Fields forever for you, okay? There you go. Because if you don't have your freak on, you will not smell like Team Spirit. <laughs> but you will look like a Rolling Stone. Sure. And there you go. I think I got them all in there. No, no. And you know what, Mick? Let me end it on this. Sweet dreams. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what, so the, I, we'll leave it on this. What, wh- what's the next list Rolling Stone can do? <laughs> you know, the one, it's funny you mentioned that we were talking about MTV. I'm wondering if they would do a video one. Oh, interesting. You know, now, but, be, but, and, and, and again, obviously that's when the Elvises and all that are completely wiped out because they didn't have videos. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, because people always joke, I guess the, the MTV Awards were not that long ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. When do they show videos? They don't show I know. Videos anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the irony. They have they have a video music award show, but they don't show videos. <laughs> right. So that that's the only thing I could think of. We've done the albums. Either that or you and I can just talk again in 17 years, and God willing, we're both still here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny, too, is I'm looking at this list, and I didn't – I should have looked for it because – you know, talk about the difference uh, in uh, critical uh, perspective mm-hmm. and um, and popularity – perspective the the still the um the artists with the most uh the the highest charted songs or the most charted songs in the history Mm -hmm. of the billboard charts the top three are elvis madonna which Mm -hmm. is a surprise and elton right now where's madonna yeah i mean i'm looking through this list she didn't make the list at all. I don't know. I mean, I, I now I just thought of that, but I don't see her considering where she is on that list of the top charted popularity. Sure. And you know, she certainly is a is a is a, is a uh, female empowerment icon. Right. I mean, she kind of started that whole thing in the eighties. Yeah. And yet, I don't see you know borderline or lucky star. Anywhere near the top. Like a virgin, yeah. Yeah. And and so now I guess I'll have to, I mean, yeah, I'll have to take a look to see. But um, Mm -hmm. so that's a surprise too. But um, anyway, we can still continue to talk about this list for uh, at least the next, like you said, the next 17 years or whenever they do the next one. I'll be ready. But but, uh, I guess we just have to say that uh, congratulations to Aretha Franklin. She certainly... Uh, is one of the great, great uh, singers and uh, and icons of uh, of the last fifty years. There's no question, or sixty years. But uh, wow, mm-hmm. to have respect, the number one song ever written. Wow, that's uh, that's a shocker. But uh, if she was around, I sure I'm sure she'd go. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much, Mick, for debating this. We'll have to happy, happy to happy to add my old man sense in there. Oh my uh, god, yeah! But just like I said, uh, we'll leave it on this, Mick. When you when when we sign off, please go get your freak on. I'm going right now. Take care. <laughs>
And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Don't forget, every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, send them a link, send them a message that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 279. I'm Jim Toronto. I am here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Find out what it means to be. R-E-S-B-E-C-T.